John McCain once said, whoever controls oil controls more than oil. Keep this in mind as we discuss today U.S. ban of Russia's oil here in the United States and what does it mean to you at the gas pump. My name is Dr. David Wallalu. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. Do you want an even deeper understanding of what's going on in the world around you? There are many things that we can't get into here in these short videos. But on our membership at geopoliticsinconflict.com, we get into some of the deepest and most pressing issues happening in the world around you. There we have deep dive presentations where you can ask questions live, have conversations with us and each other on our private members chat. And we often have surprise bonuses just for you. So if you want an even deeper understanding of what's happening around you, check out our membership at geopoliticsinconflict.com. Well, David, the United States has banned imports of Russian oil. Go to the gas pump and check the price. To see what it is. And see how happy you are with that. You're absolutely correct. Well, indeed, uh, the U.S. went ahead with the approval of Congress and banned all oil and petrochemical products from Russia. No. There, there is... Uh, what do I say? There is a danger into that. And the danger is, we're not talking about just U.S. market. We're talking about a global economy. You know, because... Russia does have a, it's, it's, we all know Russia, it's like the second or third oil producer in the world. Right. You know, and that's going to impact some, because we import, we purchase oil from Russia. So, and now you ban all that, and we're seeing those prices on a gas pump. Increase of 35% at the pump in two weeks. Wow, that, that's substantial. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw a stat, Ross, already mentioned about a year ago, uh, gas was about $2.34. Today is $4.09, which is a lot for us who get used to uh, a gas at $1.70. It's, it's very, a very major impact now. That's for cars. Now, diesel is even higher. Oh, that's higher. another matter, yeah. But here's the thing, we're going to approach this conversation from two angles. Of course, the geopolitical aspect of it, because there is something called energy security. Oh, yeah. Then there is the economy, because it's the impact of it. Everything runs on oil. I mean, let's face it, it's reality. And how that's going to impact now an average citizen, average family, because a big portion of their salary now is going to be going to energy to heat their homes, to run their cars, to run their businesses. And what we know is how many families live paycheck to paycheck and have the energy seg segment be 35% more costly, it impacts a lot of people and a lot of businesses, especially in transportation. Well, indeed. Well, we all know this is tied to the issue of Ukraine, of course, uh, with what's going on. Uh, but once again, we're going to talk about it from two angles. Let's, let's start with the geopolitical or the security aspects of it. Well, this is not going to impact only the U.S., but it's going to impact Europeans as well. And the reason being, Europe gets about over 
Uh, some, uh, there, there, there are two numbers out there. One of them mentioned about 40%, and the other one that I came across mentioned about 46% of its energy comes from Russia. The Europeans were warned, even President Trump warned him, said, you're going to be dependent on Russian oil. Be prepared for it. Well, here it is. Exactly. So that's one of the issues. And now you're going to be seeing oil prices, of course, in Europe. But we don't have to wait and see that in Europe because we are seeing it right here at home. And, and can you imagine now gas going to hit about $8 a gallon in California? I mean, how much? Basically, you're going to, for a small car, will cost you about 60, 70 bucks to fill it up. Oh my God. You know, trucks will cost about over $120 to fill it up. Well, you know, when, when we see the, the price per barrel go to $125 a barrel, that's the, it's reflected right now at the pump. What happens when it goes to $140 a barrel? Or $150 for that. Or $150. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and here's the thing with that, Ross, just for you to know, in case that happens, don't expect OPEC to increase production because that's more money. Remember, just for you to know, uh, in, in, in case you don't, most OPEC uh, uh, countries, except, yeah, most of them, if not all, depends on those revenues from oil. That's how they manage their own uh, social programs and so forth. And, and you take the example of uh, even Russia itself. Well, there's a portion, a percentage of its GDP depends on, on, on oil exports. Even though Russia is not an OPEC member, Russia is an OPEC plus member. And interesting enough is that uh, with the decision the United States made, there were some questions. Okay, well, what are we going to do? Because people will not sustain this for a long time. So this is why President Biden went ahead and reached out to OPEC members like Saudi Arabia. And what we know was the response was not only not positive, but it was absolutely insulting in that the Saudis, for example, would not take the call. Exactly. There is now some, uh, uh, the press secretary saying that didn't happen, which is, we oh, all know, yeah, it's yeah, not right. true. It did happen. They just turned down the call. They didn't even pick up the phone to answer that. Well, there are two reasons for that one. The two reasons was that the, the Saudis, uh, especially the prince, didn't care. And second, well, actually the two main issues, one of them has to do with the uh, uh, legal immunity. Because oh, yeah. the U.S. didn't give him the legal immunity regarding the the uh, the, the assassination, the, yeah, the butchering of the Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi journalist. And the second one, it has to do with you know why should we respond to the U.S. because the U.S. is not supporting Saudis in Yemen. So that's the, the two main reasons why he didn't pick up the phone. It's like yeah, but the issue is not about that. In my opinion, uh, and this is my personal opinion. The issue now is about the prestige of the American presidency. I am looking at the big picture here, Ross. I'm not looking at a phone call that wasn't responded. Uh -uh. We're looking now what does this act by another country that turned that didn't even pick up the phone, how that impact the prestige of the American presidency. Tragically. It is. And I've had some conversation with some uh, well-informed individuals. They are well-wired, well-connected. And they said, yeah, that is a very problematic. It's almost like saying now, does the presidency, U.S. presidency matters? You know, this is where I see the big issue with, with this one. So from a, from a geopolitical uh, aspect of it, of course, oil 
impacts geopolitics one way or another. There are those who do not believe that geopolitics is impacted by energy and energy is impacted by geopolitics. Well, they would be wrong. <laughs> You're right, because now we're seeing it. Yes, we it are. is a conflict in far some 6,000, 7,000 miles away from here. And yet at the pump, we're seeing the impact of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's just part of how things work. So economically, it's going to be on the other direction as to now, what are we going to do? Do we have a plan in place? Because you're going to have to make up that difference. Americans, uh, and if you happen to be an American watching this, Americans are not going to sort of uh, tolerate this or sustain this for a long time. We've been, we've been told to suck it up and move on, sort of for great cause. Yeah, the great causes, as, as President Biden says, the American people will pay a price for the democracy in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of way. Uh, we have to be realistic about the economics. You know? Yes. Anytime uh, policies start to hit your pocket, you're going to pay close attention to it. So I hope you are watching and understanding what all this means, you know. And now there is uh, uh, some officials have suggested, how about an alternative to Russian oil? Oh boy, is this a hot one? <laughs> we've been looking at this and talking. You know, I oh know. My God. I know. Yeah. Well, how about all the all the petroleum that's actually in Canada and the United States? Yeah. Well, none of it is not even even in use. I mean, how many Americans? Let's let's say it frankly. How many Americans know that we we have so much oil here? Yeah. You know, and there are those who ask the question: well, Why are we going and buying oil from other countries? Well, it's a little bit cheaper. That's true. Because that's it, the, that seems to be the reason. Yeah, because it will cost us to build the refineries. But would it make more sense to build the refineries for long term instead of buying oil? Well, we have to consider who the lobbyists are. They're impacting our Congress. That's one of that. Yeah, that's a detail. And we're going to do a topic about that one. one. We're going to do a video on it at some point. But, <clears throat> but here is the point that I was getting at, uh, Ross, just for you to know. The idea of the alternatives. Well, the United States is now considering Venezuela and Iran. <laughs> it's laughable. <laughs> All the hate conversation that's gone on. All the sanctions. All the lies. All the betrayals. And here it is going. Now let's go talk, let's go talk to them because yeah. we need them now. Yeah. And, and somebody has to sort of be logical in his or her thinking when suggesting something like this. Do we think that those countries are going to forget what we've done to them? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, last, uh, as a matter of fact, only two days ago, uh, a delegation from the United States went over to Venezuela and met with the Venezuelan president Maduro yeah. to talk about all this. Because remember, uh, the sanctions we have on Venezuela, mainly in the oil. Venezuela used to send oil to the United States, but we imposed. You know, I don't think so they're going to want to do that. And the reason why, because they are thinking in terms of their relationship with Russia long term. Their arguments will be if I am to, and this is just a, an opinion of mine, I don't speak on behalf of anybody here, uh, it's just the idea. If I am to be on the other side thinking, I'll say to myself, well, why should I trust the Americans? Yes, they might lift a little bit section here and there, sanctions here and there, so I can send them oil. Then later on, they'll reimpose sanctions. 
Yeah, the United States is not so good at living up to their word. No. They, their reputation is now shattered. Exactly, and that's One. problematic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the same arguments could be made for Iran, you know. What's interesting about Iran... Uh, uh, I almost choked in the coffee. Oh, oh don't, don't choke, don't choke. Oh, <laughs> I started to laugh and I had to stop. I know, but it's because I didn't expect it, personally. You know, as one who watches what's going on around, I didn't expect this because common sense suggests, what makes you think that this country is going to agree after right. what you have done to them with the sanctions and so forth? In the Iran case now, is even more complicated. And this is not about just lifting some sanctions, but it has to do with the ongoing nuclear talks. Which, by the way, just for you to know, today, before I get to the studio here, Ross, I just found out that the Europeans have declared that they're going to hold the nuclear talks with Iran. And there is a reason for that. Why? Because Russia has asked one particular clause regarding the sanctions on Russia. Oh, and is this interesting? Yeah, that doesn't want it to be impacted for its relationship with Iran. On the other hand, that one could put a limit on moving forward on a nuclear talk. So, Iran is caught between a rock, rock and, and a, a hard, hard place. place. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do we, Iran in this case, do we go with the US for the short lifting of sanctions? but jeopardize our relations with Russia? Or do we, may, do we keep our possession as to what whatever the lifting of all sanctions, but maintain our relations with the Russians for the next 20 years? Well, the quality of the relationship between Russia, China, and Iran, I would think would be most important to them. But as I say, I don't know, it's their, it's their choice. Exactly. It just uh, what the importance of this, Russ, is that to highlight to you the how much energy can influence geopolitical directions. Oh yeah. And this is like an example of it, a real example. The other one would be even China. You know, China now is taking a step back and watching what's going on because all this means a lot to Beijing in terms of how the West is going to react now or reacting to Russia. You know how that's going to impact oil prices. I mean, to Russia, when it comes down to energy, it has at least two big markets. And just for you to know, and the two big markets are China and India. Those are two large, big markets. Now, the question becomes is, will these two markets make up the difference for Russia? I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point. Well, you know, the, all the, the infrastructure for distribution of petroleum products and gas mm -hmm. into Europe is already in place. Exactly. And this is why Europeans didn't want to head and sanctions the uh, Nord Stream 2. And even Russia said, we will keep giving uh, or sending gas to Europe. So far, they've been keeping that. That's why Europeans, they, remember, the ban mm -hmm. on Russia oil, it's not by the Europeans, it's the Americans. Pardon me, I was laughing, <laughs> as, we, as we very frequently do. I know. It's cold in Europe right now. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and they, they, they shut off their nuclear power plants and they're going, let's all go green. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah. 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 You know, I was, I was recently talking to a specialist in renewable energy. Mm -hmm. And the person said, in terms of solar, in terms of wind and that, said, that is not ever going to turn out. He said, 
I know it's a great mythology right now. Yeah. And I know that Europe is headed that way. It's never going to replace gas. It's never going to replace nuclear. It doesn't have the capacity. I go, well, I don't know if it's true or not, but to have a domain specialist tell me that to my face, I go, oh, this is a wake-up call. Exactly. Well, for those in, here in the U.S. that we hear the conversation about renewables, well, it's all great, but let's be realistic. You know, This is not going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> and right. second thing, will an average person afford an $80,000 uh, electric car? <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic. You know, if you hear uh, uh, Elon Musk or whomever uh, driving, well, driving a hundred fifty thousand dollar car, they can afford it. An average Joe, average Jane, they can't. As you said at the beginning, Ross, they live in paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic and see. I bet you now, with the uh, gas prices the way they are, <clears throat> you're gonna start seeing some uh, serious uh, economic consequences for American families within the next two weeks or three weeks, if the administration doesn't take any corrective actions. Boy, it's hard to figure out what corrective action would, ha would work at this point. Yeah, and this is where it's very important to understand. Uh, for example, when you implement a policy, you have you, the administration, you, the policymaker, you, whomever, have to think about all angles. Like I always say, uh, as a geopolitical analyst, you have to think of scenarios. Oh yeah. yeah. Not one, not two, no. but about four, five, six, or even 10. What if? And personally, and this is my personal opinion, I believe that the decision was made in such a haste that we didn't even think of the what if scenario, the consequences. And now you're reaching out to OPEC and not even picking up the phone. You're asking uh, countries that you sanctions and they're like, you get to be out of your mind. Yeah. You know, and to, to me, that's a poor planning. That's a poor policy. But when you have individuals or policymakers or whomever do not understand the depth of what global affairs are all about, this is the kind of results you see. Naive, inexperienced, inappropriate people in, in places of power. Yeah. And, 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 and the sad part, and I'm going to say it, I'll share it with you guys. You know, if you happen to be once again a, a, an American viewer here, you know, those individuals, those policymakers, those elites, those lawmakers, whatever, they're not going to be impacted by this. It's not going to impact them. It's you and I, Ross, and all of us. Because we're not, we're not elites, we're just average citizens like you. you know? I mean, now I'm thinking twice, do I need to go for that drive or not? Because I'm not willing to pay four plus dollars a gallon to go on yeah. a questionable trip. Yeah, and it becomes a question, what that's gonna do to your life, to your, you know, how you live. Because now you're gonna have to think in terms of, well, where can I cut? If it turns out that this really does raise the cost of transportation 35%, and it looks like it's going to, mm -hmm. what does it mean to all those businesses that are dependent on people driving to them? What is it going to mean to restaurants? What is it going to mean to retail stores? What's it going to mean to all of the places that require you drive, that you drive there? Will it actually drop 35%? How many businesses are going to be negatively impacted to the point of bankruptcy? And this, this is something no one's talking about. Yeah, and this is the sad part because it's almost like I feel that Americans are not getting the full picture. And this is what we're trying to provide on this platform here. Yeah. It just provides an argument for which they can think of what if scenario. Because most of us now, we're going to be making some hard economic decisions down the road. 
I'm making them today yeah. based on petroleum prices. Yeah, because this conflict, what's going on right now in Ukraine, it's not going to be resolved tomorrow. I guarantee you this. And you know, anyone who's going to talk about solutions is going to say, well, how about we up, up United States and Canada oil production? Well, even if that happens and, it's, and intelligent planning starts today, that's nine months to a year before it you, shows up. You're absolutely correct, Russ. And, and, and that's why I said earlier, it, it appeared to me you know, that the decision regarding this uh, uh, energy and so forth was made in haste without thinking about the consequences of it. And to me, any successful policy, you'll have to think of all those alternatives of what if. Right. This way, you are not because there is nothing more dangerous than having an, an angry and an upset population. And we all know what it means. So. Well, I think we're getting there. And, we, and in the upcoming elections, we might see the backlash very powerfully. I think so. I think so. Anything to add, Ross, before we leave? Your, 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 your wisdom, shall we say, to our viewers to think about this from a psychological perspective and how they can manage this. Well, there's the, the real consideration is the well-being of you and your family. Mm -hmm. And with a clear understanding that things are going to get more pricey. That's the bottom line here. And we can't predict where it's going to be. So whatever you've got to do to plan for your future of taking care of yourself and your family, now is the time. Indeed, Russ, planning will be the key. So you need to start to think very, very hard as to... It's not you need to start. You need to do it today. You don't wait till tomorrow. And have a plan B in place or because there's changes coming up down the pipe. Uh, will have a major impact on how things are. Absolutely right. So, well, we hope you find this information very, very useful, and we look forward to seeing you next time. As always, guys, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.